0: If I started uh, knitting, OK, mm-hmm. and um, then I go and I, I show it to Rich and he says, wow, how did you do that stitch? That's really pretty, whatever. It makes me feel better about myself. So I think that not only showing an interest, but asking questions about it and trying to understand it will be very helpful.
1: This week, a new study found that those who felt supported by their spouse took on more challenges and were afforded more opportunity to succeed. Dr. Karen Sherman offers her insight. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, HitchMag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Explode. We're on top of the world tonight. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. And Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last – You can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okay, Karen, so we today are going to talk about how the secret to your personal success might be connected to who you marry. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, came across another uh, study. Some Mm -hmm. psychologists from Carnegie Mellon University uh, looked at 163 married couples and found that people with supportive spouses are, quote, more likely to give themselves the chance to succeed, unquote. Um, I know most of our listeners are already married, so we'll get to why they should care now. But does this like general finding surprise you at all?
0: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, I think that we have to um make a statement as we always do that yep. this is a correlational study right. uh so we don't know if it actually causes it but uh you know if one thing causes the you know the uh, the supporter of mate being the reason for the per- other person's success however that being said this again as i said previously does not
1: surprise me at all yeah and you know going back to this like correlation versus causation thing um You know, I kind of feel like when we talk about the correlation, it, it sometimes steers down this road of being completely dismissive of the findings Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, well, it's correlated, but that's not to say that there aren't factors directly connected to the correlation. So, you know, for example, if I say that, um, me having a college degree, I'm statistically more likely to live longer, you know, obviously the college degree isn't some magical serum. Um, but if you have a college degree, you're more likely to have a job that gives you good insurance. Um, you're more likely to have a, a be married, um, and that has also, as we've talked in many podcasts, uh, you know, you get the lovingly nagging uh, reminders mm-hmm. to go to the doctors and to take your medication and all the other things. So it's not that the right. correlation isn't related. It's just that the thing itself isn't the direct cause necessarily. Necessarily, the direct. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I'm glad you clarified that. So, um, okay. So now that we got that out of the way, uh, specifically, a person with a supportive spouse, uh, this is uh, going back to the uh, psychologists, um, Mm -hmm. was more likely to take on potentially rewarding challenges. Mm -hmm. And those who accepted challenges experienced more personal growth, happiness, and psychological well-being just a few months later. Mm -hmm. So- Obviously, you don't need another person to challenge yourself, but what about the support of your spouse makes the likelihood of success that much greater? I think it's twofold. I think the
0: obvious one, at least to me, is that we tend to do better when we have support, when we've got people backing us. So even, let's say, if you're starting a new regimen of exercise and your spouse says, you know, um, I, I think it's great, maybe I'll even come to the gym with you, you're going to do better because you've got that backup. But on the other hand, I think that by a spouse being supportive, the spouse's whole behavior and attitude is going to be such that it's going to make it easier to challenge yourself. So, uh let's say for instance in order to succeed in whatever you're doing you need to take a certain course and that course is going to take time and money mm-hmm. well if you've got a supportive spouse they're going to say to you it's okay you know i'll watch the kids while you're taking the class or you know we have the money for this don't worry about that so i think as i said the support comes both in the um other behaviors that the supportive spouse will do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's always easier to do something when you got a buddy right.
1: that is there encouraging you. Right. Um, I, I'm going to actually add something on the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have an unsupportive spouse... mm um, that might actually make it more difficult to succeed. Because oh, absolutely. You are so and, and when I say unsupportive, um it could be anything from being completely hands off to where you don't have that buddy participating along with you, mm-hmm. um, or it could be them making you feel bad or guilty about you actually mm-hmm. going after whatever it is that you're going after mm-hmm. And so that not only are you not getting the, the buddy support, but you are. Uh, thinking about how upset your spouse is this whole time uh, as you are trying to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, and thinking mm-hmm. about all the ridicule and the, the the negative talk that you're getting when you come home. So, how about the lack of interest? The lack of interest as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so it's not just that the supportive spouse is offering that like actual support, but the negative spouse could be draining whatever sure. zest you have going after your your goals there. Yes. Um, so the researchers found three specific keys uh, one can take to push their spouse to embrace new work opportunities: um, express enthusiasm about an opportunity, mm-hmm. reassure your partner, and discuss the benefits of taking on a new role or challenge. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you that, that you can think of that might help? Let's see. What else could help? Uh,
0: I guess, you know, as I said, showing an interest in it. Tell me about it. Hmm. Um, you know, share some of the experiences with me because then the person can articulate it better. They have somebody who truly is seeing it as something positive and, um, you know, it's almost like, um, if I started, uh, knitting, okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I go and I, I show it to Rich and he says, wow, how did you do that stitch? That's really pretty, whatever. It makes me feel better about myself. So I think that not only showing an interest, but asking questions about it and trying to understand it will be very helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the other thing about showing an interest is not only does it make your partner feel good and gets them engaged and gives you something to talk about, but it can help them think about things in a different way because you, as you Mm -hmm. have that conversation, Mm -hmm. you, you as the, uh, the participating spouse will have a perspective that they don't have on certain things. Mm -hmm. And so by showing that interest, you're going to engage with them and then you might actually be able to contribute, um, and that gets back into that support part where... Okay. So now I'm going
0: to do the other side of this. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. There are some people who their style is to question, to look at all the possibilities, including mm-hmm. the negative ones. Mm-hmm. And that can come across... As really not being supportive, they that can be damaging. Um, they might say, "Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate," or "I just want you to look at all these things." Um, you know, and have you thought of this or have you thought of that? And that can really undermine the individual's um, sense of this is the right choice, and that I have backing, and do I really know what I'm doing? So I think it's really important that. If you feel as the spouse that um, you might have some questions, that it be phrased in a way that the person know you're not taking away from them, them, but that this is your style. For instance, you could easily say, you know, you know that I tend to just look at every possible alternative. I'm not in any way. Saying that I don't think this is great, but you know, have you considered X, Y, and Z because you know, um, I care about you so much and I want you to succeed so much that you know, these might be issues that you should be thinking about as well. So it's got to be phrased in a way that doesn't take away from your support,
1: right? Right? I mean, this gets into you know, a good marriage with good communication skills, mm-hmm. um, because if by the time you have that conversation, there's going to be a whole backstory to mm-hmm. how how you come about it and all the weight that is brought with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so if your spouse comes at it and says like, well, you know, you want to do this, but um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of baggage with that. But yes. Um, yeah. Whereas if you have a good, healthy relationship with good communication skills And your spouse comes at it and says, you know, this thing, and again, using some of the words we've talked Mm -hmm. about in the past, Mm -hmm. um, have you considered these things, um, that becomes like very helpful because you can, they're going to steer you around some of the potholes that you might not have seen. So Mm -hmm. pointing out the bad things isn't necessarily bad. It's just how you go about it. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, as we've
0: said countless times, the presentation yeah. has has a lot to do with how it's
1: going to be taken. That's right. That's right. Um okay, so quote unquote success, as the researchers describe it, really circles around professional success. at least mm-hmm. uh, according to the stuff that I was reading. Um, I'm assuming this personal, personal growth would also apply to other successes that one can experience in life by having Oh, a I would
0: support. think so. Yeah. I would think so. Absolutely. I mean, look, I gave you the example of knitting. That's not, you know, that, <laughs> that's a, a hobby, but you know, it goes to weight loss. It goes to reduction of drinking. It goes to, uh, trying a new, um, method of handling the children It it covers a multitude of things. Um, You know, years ago, there was a phrase that came out, and I think it's in part applicable to this. It was called the Michelangelo effect. Mm. And the idea was that a spouse could actually help carve out the success of their partner, by bringing out the best in them, by focusing on the best in them. So to some extent, this is a slight variation on it. Um, Again, the more that you encourage each other, the more that you're going to feel that you really have a partner in your corner helping you.
1: Mm -hmm. And and the Michelangelo effect is um, the metaphor being that, you know, uh, carving David. And so right, you're, right. you're sculpting, you're sculpting, your sp like, it's, it's one of those things where people say it's, it's been in you the whole time and it's your right. spouse that's helping you reveal that thing that's been in you and they can see it. So, yes, yes. Um, okay. So assuming that those people, you beautiful listeners, um, are already married, um, the researchers highlighted steps to take to become more supportive, but what if you're already experiencing the opposite and, mm-hmm. as we've been describing here, uh, that your spouse isn't just not supportive but they rate that but that they regularly shoot down your ideas or squash any kind of ambitions that you might have. Where would you start to turn that cycle around?
0: I think that as I often say, um it starts with having an open conversation and in order to get the best results, you don't attack your partner and say, you know, you're never in my corner, you never help me, you're never supportive. You start out by taking them off the hook and saying, I'm not sure you're aware of this, or I'm sure that you didn't mean to hurt me. And then the second part is you describe the behavior, but when you are... You know, when you ask questions that um, undermine what I'm doing or you criticize what I'm doing and then you talk about the impact it has on you, Mm -hmm. Um, it ends up making me feel not supported. It ends up making me feel like um, I really can't come to you and share this experience. Um, It just makes it hurts me. It makes me feel bad. So, again, the three parts are the and, and it has to be done in this order which I'll explain in a moment, Okay. that you have to take the other partner off the hook. Um, I'll explain it now. The reason is because if you start out in some attack form, you, da 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 the person's going to get defensive. They're not going to hear the rest of what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So you want to present it. There's that presentation again in a way that lets them know, that you're not blaming them, you're not attacking them. Mm -hmm. Then the second part is an objective description of what it is that's upsetting you. It's just the description. It's nothing more. And then the third part is how you feel, what the resultant experience is for you. Generally, when it's done that way, it goes over well. Now, the immediate response might be well, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And mm-hmm. you come back with, that's what I started with. I know you don't mean to hurt my feelings. Right. Okay. So you can, um, much more successfully present to your partner what it is that is upsetting you. Okay. Now that having been said, <laughs> if this goes on regularly, even with you presenting it in this lovely way, and you may have to do that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. You have choices now. One choice might be that you don't share this information with your spouse because you're not getting the kind of support that you would need. Mm -hmm. And I dare say that if you realize that you are married to somebody who is constantly putting you down, that starts to go into the category of emotional abuse. Mm. And I think that you need to think seriously about whether this relationship is really
1: giving you what you want. And if, if, I mean, if you get to that stage, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously we would be advocating for for therapy, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, Do you address that kind of a thing head on and just say, you know, I have brought this up six mm-hmm. times and every yes. single time I, I don't ex- give
0: it six times I give it three. You give it three, okay. I give it three because three's a pattern. Got it. Okay. So I would go back and I would say, you know, again, I I know your intention is not to hurt me, but I have raised with you several times, I think like three or four times now, how when blah blah happens, it makes me feel and yet it it doesn't seem to be acknowledged or validated by you in a change in your behavior or an attempt to change your behavior mm-hmm. and that really
1: concerns me mm-hmm. okay so yeah you can you absolutely you go back to it because i th- i i think you know this kind of thing people can discover it after they've invested you know, 15 years, 20 years more mm-hmm. into a relationship, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, wait a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time I try to do something, my spouse just shoots it down or puts me down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be a tough thing to break, particularly in one, two, or three, which is why obviously professional guidance would be right. helpful in that situation. So, Okay. So uh, just recapping here. First, you let your partner off the hook. Second, you offer objective descriptions of what is upsetting you. And mm-hmm. three, you identify how you feel. And again, Correct. I want to reiterate the the part where you identify how you feel because regardless of what their intentions are, how you feel is something that they cannot um dispute. Correct. That is your feelings, not Their intentions, and you know, if they circle back, and as you've just described, well, that's not what I meant. Well, I know that's not what you meant, but this is how it impacted me. Mm -hmm. Um, they might come around to be like, oof, that you know, if that wasn't my intention and that's how you feel, like maybe I should change some behavior a little bit.
0: Well, that's what we would hope. That's what we would hope. Unfortunately, um. And again, you know, you're saying people might need to go for professional help. And many times with the couples I've worked with, the next step is the person could say, well, I'm sorry you felt hurt. Right. Which is not really an apology.
1: No, it's not an apology at all. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right.
0: So, you know, there's work to be done. Yeah. On a positive note, we always like to leave on a positive note. Yes people can change. And, you know, um, all it takes is a willingness to change, an awareness of what's going on, and, you know, both people
1: really learning to communicate in a more effective way. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, I I was honestly just having this conversation within the last month with someone who was, I don't want to say complaining, just, just talking about how people can't change. Um, mm. And they were talking about a particular group of people, but it, 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 it's irrelevant. And I was like, no, people can absolutely change. 100% mm-hmm. they can change. And, and they were adamant, like, no, it, I mean, they've been this way forever. They, they, it's too late for them. And I'm like, nope, nope. They have to want to change. They have to identify what they're doing mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to change, but they can 100% change. Uh, mm-hmm. But if they but if they don't want to, like, own up to what they've been doing up to this point, like, sure, they'll never change. But, yeah, people like one of the things that we have learned is the plasticity of the brain. You can carve those new paths um, mm-hmm. and just the idea that you you can literally just make make the decision to change. It's, it's correct. It's up correct. to you. And so I think we, we sometimes forget that, that like things are irretractable and it's like, no, they're not, not, not at all. Not even close. Well, I think the other piece to that is that if you take that
0: stance, my partner's never going to change, my partner's never going to change, it eliminates the possibility of working on things. Mm. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm working with somebody right now who, you know, is unhappy about certain things in the marriage and, uh, take took that exact stance. My mate is not going to change. This is the way it's always been. It's not going to change. Well, lo and behold, the partner is making changes. And so now what happens is I can speak to this person and say, okay, so your partner is making the changes that you were a hundred percent sure would never occur. And yet you're still not doing certain things that could make things better. So let's look at what's
1: getting you stuck. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because, you know, it gets into the action reaction. You start making changes and then your spouse starts seeing how you're trying to be better and do the, do things differently. And yeah, a whole, a whole new can of worms. Uh (laughs) Okay. Um, So I kind of feel like you've given us the extra stuff already. Okay. So I won't I won't ask you, but thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure, and I look forward to doing this again very soon. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Bye-bye. Okay. Until uh, – b- before we go, I do want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years, the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find all this information on our website, hitchmag.com, where we have thousands thousands and thousands of articles available to you for free we have the entire archives of the podcast uh there um and we also have a newsletter that you can sign up for takes about 30 seconds it is also free Um, that goes out to you weekly and gives you kind of the rundown of all the latest information we got for you so hopefully you check that out too okay that is gonna do it until next time take care everybody the world tonight.